Bam! Is this Raz? Yes. Saras. Raz? The first 52. Saras. Raz? Live Tuesday nights. Saras. Raz? Something that you know Bubba's gonna like. Angry white guy radio. His point of view is different. It's the first 52. Angry white guy radio. I love the content. Hey, it's the first 52. Raz with you. The first part of the, like, Constitution. This is the best you got? Something that you know Bubba's gonna like. Angry white guy radio. Join me, Sean Raz, Tuesday nights, 6 to 8 p.m. RazRadioLive.com. RadioFreeBlood.com. I just wanted to take the time, take the time. Write this to you myself because I think you get a bum rap. People always got something negative to say about you, man. I don't get it. I don't get it. Man, you guys do a great job. We should be more appreciative. Appreciative. Can't believe people say you a hater Just because we call for help and you came an hour later Maybe you was extra busy stopping criminal acts Some even said you pull people over because they black All of y'all do a great job keeping your scope on us And I refuse to believe you would plant some dope on us They had to be wrong if you busted in their residence They even lied and said you created fictional evidence I gotta commend how you handle situations Shot a youngster, beat his mama and got a paid vacation I know it's hard being you so why would they question and everything you do we know it's all for our protection passing through our neighborhoods spying at night some consider it harassment and denying our rights you had to have a good reason for attempting to hurt us because i know that y'all would never ever do it on purpose Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. Dear Mr. Policeman, them tickets you wrote for me costed over a grand. Didn't think that I was speeding, but you got me because. And since I know you wouldn't tell a lie, I guess that I was. Kind of struggling, so to not pay them is threatening my freedom. Thanks for showing up to court to make sure I didn't beat them. And we don't make it easy when we see y'all coming. Instead of just letting you beat us, we be struggling and running. I know you hate it when we make you have to use that stick. Sorry. And by the way, that taser and that pepper spray did the trick. I'm still walking funny. Hope my vision kicks back in I know that I was wrong, sir I'll never jaywalk again Somebody told me you was jealous Cause their car was brand new I said the police jealous? That can never be true Maybe one day I can be as clever as you You care about us So you monitor whatever we do Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. Pardon 
me Mr. Police Man These cuffs are cutting off the blood flow to my hands It's amazing how you kick that dude all in his face And beat the case even though they had it all on tape I know you love the people in the hood How could you fake it? And that missing drug money I know you didn't take it I don't understand why people accuse you of hate I know you only follow us to make sure that we safe I saw nine of y'all against one Beating the brainless That 65 year old woman must have really been dangerous Cleaning up the streets is your top priority You qualify for this Why would we question your authority? You only working hard following training Why the hell are the Mexicans and blacks complaining? You gotta be the closest thing I've seen to perfect And everybody that you locked up They had to deserve it, yeah Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. on RazRadioLive.com. Follow one man's journey down the never-ending rabbit hole to find out what the truth is. All I'm offering is the truth. Scott Ledger is your distinguished host for Dangerous Conversation. Give Scott a call at 941-421-0401. No matter what side of the fence you are on, he'll talk to you. Everyone from Tucker Carlson. Take some mushrooms and squeegee your third fucking eye. To Waterhead from the LRWS. Sometimes the weak ones need to do drugs and they need to die out. Thomas, what drugs have you done? Give me a list. You have an opinion about drugs, but you've never done any. Dangerous Conversation. Every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. on RazRadioLive.com. The simple power of truth. Brothers and sisters, take a look around. We are killing the future.
is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. Ha. Oh, it feels so good to be back here. You listen to the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com, RadioFreeBlood.com, and first time tonight, Radio Chaos. Here's your host, Sean Raz. Man, I'm excited. I'm excited for the new year. I'm excited for the truths that may be coming out this year. I'm excited for everything going on right now. There's a lot of things on the plate that we got to talk about tonight. All kinds of things. I hope you all had a great new year. I hope you uh, were safe. I hope you're all still with us. I hope you're still alive. That's a very important part of it. Now, we don't, we don't want to have a new year without uh, having you here with us. Ah, wow. You know, getting off a holiday, it, it's, it's a lot of work coming off of a holiday. And it's even more work when you come off a holiday at your job and your boss is not around and you're the only one. I've been running like crazy the past few days ah, for that dollar. you got to make the dollar, right? got to have that dollar flowing. you got to be able to pay your bills. Uh, buy some things you need. It'd be nice if we lived in a society where we could just trade and barter and didn't have to do this. I'd rather sit at home, uh, work in the farm all day than, than have to go uh, to work for somebody else, to be honest with you. But hey, it's what we got to do. So that's what we do. We continue to deal with it. We make it the best we can. And we live life happy. Yeah, I had a great Christmas. You know, I spent it with my family. It, it was very relaxing. Uh, I... I don't know what else I could say to that. You know, it was just nice being with family. It was nice just being quiet, not thinking much, not doing too much, just enjoying life as it is. But hey, we're back. We've got to get back in the craziness of the world that we live in, deal with all the the madness that's out there. And like I said, this is the first night on uh, Radio Chaos. So welcome, Radio Chaos. I'm glad you guys are, are joining me tonight. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Sean Raz. Uh, I've been doing this three, three and a half years. I enjoy doing it. I don't make any money doing it. I do it because I care. I do it because I have an opinion and some thoughts. And that's why I do it. And I will continue. Yes, farm. <laughs> I will continue, continue, to and continue. Uh, tonight we have a uh, second hour. We have Danny Panzella joining us. He is uh, an activist out of New York. I'm uh, trying to pull up his, his page here. So I could give you some more information. Uh, I meant to do that before I started talking about him. But, of course, I was ill-prepared. Ill-prepared I was. It's all right. It happens sometimes. Uh, we're going to touch on some gun control. We're going to touch on uh, some GMOs. Maybe we'll talk about Alex Jones a little bit and and uh, what maybe uh, he had going on over the holidays. Uh, my wife's been trying to get me to watch this new movie. I, I'll be honest, I haven't seen it yet, or not movie, documentary, uh, that is out. The, uh, what is it, Making a Killer? I'm excited to see it. Uh, Carlos Miller put out a great post earlier from uh, Photography is Not a Crime. He put out a great post that uh, it's amazing how uh, uh, 10 hours of a documentary on Netflix 
is pointing out things that we have all been pointing out for a very, very long time. But people are, are paying attention to that. So that's good. You know, however we can get their attention, let's get their attention and uh, let's push forward and try to get them thinking about really what's going on in society. You know, I was on uh, the Shannon Burke show today, uh, shannonburkeshow.com. You can find them on TuneIn. The first hour's free at least. And uh, we were talking about, what the hell was I just talking about? Oh, shit. Don't you hate when that happens? You're ready to really get into something. You have a full thought. We talked about it today. What was, where was I going? Where, where was my direction of thought? <laughs> I hate when that happens. Uh, we were talking about ShannonBurkeShow.com. Uh, uh, oh, we were talking about, no, that's not what we were talking about. Uh, whatever. I'm going to move on from that because I can't remember what the hell we were talking about. Um, with Danny tonight, we're going to really get into the uh, the Oregon militia issue going on. Uh, so I don't want to touch too much into that. Uh, as we know, Obama came back, uh, came out today with his ideas for uh, gun control. <sighs> gun control. I think the only gun control we really need is just teaching people to use guns better. <laughs> Protect yourself. Stand up for yourself. It's the most important thing. We see gun sales skyrocket when this stuff goes down. We see people that normally wouldn't be getting guns getting guns. Why Why should we have guns? You know, that, that's a question that people will contemplate and discuss. Well, Ben Swan, I, I love the guy. He puts out some, some great information. And he did a, a, a very in-depth... Uh, Review on the Second Amendment, shall we call it. So what does Ben Swan position it? The right to keep and bear arms. It may be the single most controversial and most contentious right listed in our Bill of Rights. And much of the root of that contention is an understanding what the founders and the framers actually meant. What is the Second Amendment really about? You may not like it, but this is a reality check you won't see anywhere else. You know, so many questions over the Second Amendment. Is the amendment outdated? If the founders and framers had really been aware of the kind of weaponry we would have today, would they have included that right to keep and bear arms in the Bill of Rights? Is the Second Amendment about hunting and sportsmanship? Let's begin with the actual language of the Second Amendment. It says this, quote, A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, some legal analysts say it was not until the 1980s that the militia part of the Second Amendment became ignored. And thanks to an all-out push by the NRA, the meaning of the Second Amendment was expanded from militia to the individual. CNN legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin writes this, quote, The reinterpretation of the Second Amendment was an elaborate and brilliantly executed political operation inside and outside of government. Ronald Reagan's election in 1980 brought a gun rights enthusiast to the White House. At the same time, Orrin Hatch, the Utah Republican, became chairman of an important subcommittee of the Senate Judiciary Committee. And he commissioned a report that claimed to find, quote, clear and long lost proof that the Second Amendment to our Constitution was intended as an individual right of the American citizen to keep and carry arms in a peaceful manner for protection of himself, his family, and his freedoms. Now, Tubin's analysis may be historically correct in as far as the change in modern or public view of the Second Amendment, 
But he's absolutely wrong when he indicates that the Second Amendment did not originally mean private ownership of a gun for individuals. Again, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and to bear arms shall not be infringed. So what is a well-regulated militia? What were the framers talking about really? You know, of all the fears of the Founding Fathers, none was stronger than their fear of standing armies. As David Young has observed, quote, the necessity of an armed populace, protection against disarming of the citizenry, and the need to guard against a select militia and assure a real militia, which could defend liberty against any standing forces the government might raise, were topics interspersed throughout the ratification period. Now, this may be a very foreign concept, but the very first fight over the Second Amendment was not over whether the population should be armed. Reality check here. All the framers and the founders agreed with that idea. It was a given at that time. Everyone was armed. Now, the fight was between the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists over whether we would have a standing army. The Anti-Federalists, among them George Mason, Patrick Henry, and Samuel Adams, they were militant advocates of the inclusion of a Bill of Rights in the Constitution because they did not trust the power of the federal government to be restrained. Don Cates, a constitutional and Second Amendment scholar, he points out that, quote, during the ratification debate, the Federalists vehemently denied that the federal government would have the power to infringe freedom of expression, religion, and other basic rights, expressly including the right to arms. In this context, Madison secured ratification by his commitment to support and to safeguard the fundamental rights that all agreed should never be infringed. In short, Federalists, including men like John Jay, James Madison, George Washington, they wanted the Second Amendment because they believed that a strong federal government would be able to control a standing army. The Anti-Federalists, they wanted it because it would mean every able-bodied man in America would be armed in the event that the federal government, or America's own standing army, turned on its own people. I told you, it's a very hard truth here, and really that's what you need to know. The Second Amendment is not about hunting or even just about defense of your own home. It was written by men who ultimately believed that governments and armies would turn on their own people. The Second Amendment was written to guarantee that that would never happen. That's reality check. Let's talk about that tonight. And yes, we do see uh, 200 and whatever years later that the government does try to infringe on our liberties and rights on a regular basis. So this is something we should pay attention to. And this does tie into the BL, uh, to the uh, Oregon militia. Uh, I've got my thoughts on that. I don't want to jump ahead, though. I don't want to jump ahead. So what did or what is uh, Obama's intentions or beliefs that he can do? Uh, what I've read so far really doesn't scare me as much as uh, other people are getting scared by it. Uh, I don't like some of the intrusion uh, that, that we're going to see out of it. Uh, but with that said, it really is just reiterating most of the laws that we currently have. It is trying to take away a little bit, but I don't see it to a level um, that that is any good. You know, I, I don't I, I just I don't know, man. It's, it's one of those things that we're going to we're going to continue to to battle over. There's people that don't want guns, that don't want to be around guns, that don't want to think about guns, they don't like guns. Okay, I get that. You know, just the sight of a gun scares some people. Now, okay, no big deal. I understand that. 
And because it scares you, because you're scared, because you're not in your safe zone anymore, maybe, you think I shouldn't be able to have it. That's where the problem really lies. It's not the gun violence, because none of these laws will stop gun violence. Unless we collect every weapon in the world and destroy it, there, there is no stopping gun, gun violence. So that's definitely not an option. And even if we, uh, hold on, I got to type real fast. I am, I'm live. So I, I, my guest tonight wanted to run a test real fast, but unfortunately he can't run a test <laughs> on his Skype. Um, gun violence cannot be stopped by just saying people that, that will follow the laws anyway have to follow the laws. People that do gun violence don't follow laws. Criminals don't follow laws or else they wouldn't be criminals. So we can't increase laws to stop it. And I know you guys are all sitting there going, yeah, Sean, you, you, duh, we know that. We're not idiots. We understand that. And slave buyers, sellers, rights were curtailed. Clear example of legally granted federal powers. Uh, bad slave, I agree. That is one of the issues. Uh, if I want to sell my gun to somebody, I shouldn't have to uh, get a license from the federal government. Is that something he's going to push fully through or be able to push fully through? I would question whether. Uh, that's that's literally changing the law. I, I don't know. These executive orders are, are one of those things that uh, we shouldn't we shouldn't I, I, we shouldn't have anymore. I, I mean, just really that and the uh, the presidential directives. Uh, those are two things that that com- completely circumvent the system we have in place. So we really need to try to go back to our system in place. And again, this all, this ties into the BLM, to the, to the militia movement, to what's going on to the, to the ranchers out there. This all ties together a little bit. I think my son's got his computer up a little too loud tonight. <laughs> uh, so what, what did Obama come out today and say or, you know, a, try to present as his idea of what he wants to do. I know I opened that somewhere. Where is it? That's Ben Swan. Let's get rid of that one. Maybe I'll be able to find it easier. It's one of the big things. We can have too many tabs open. People yell at me all the time for having too many tabs open. You have too many tabs open. Oh, here it is. This just in. President Obama. What's he going to say to us? What's he got for us? Talking about his uh, potential executive order regarding gun control. Giving a charge to... My attorney general, FBI director, uh, deputy director at well, this was last ATF, night. Uh, and personnel in my White House to work together to see what more we could do to prevent uh, the scourge of gun violence in this country. Uh, I think everybody here is all too familiar with the statistics. We have tens of thousands of people every single year who are killed uh, by guns. We have uh, suicides that are committed by firearms at a rate that uh, far exceeds uh, other countries. Uh, we have a frequency of mass shootings that far exceeds other countries in frequency. And although it is my strong belief that for us to get our complete arms around the problem, Congress needs to act, uh, what I asked my team to do is to see what more we could do. Uh, to strengthen our enforcement and prevent guns from falling into the wrong hands, uh, to make sure that criminals, uh, people who are mentally unstable, 
those who could pose a danger to themselves or others are less likely to get a gun. And uh, I've just received back uh, a report from uh, Attorney General Lynch, uh, Director Comey, as well as uh, Deputy Director Brandon about some of the ideas and initiatives that uh, they think can make a difference. And ideas and uh, initiatives. The good news is, is that these are not only can make a uh, recommendations that are well within uh, my legal authority, uh, my legal the executive authority. branch. But uh, there are also ones that uh, the overwhelming majority of the American people, including gun owners, uh, support and believe in. So uh, over the next several days, we'll be rolling out these initiatives. Uh, we'll be making sure that uh, people have a very clear understanding of what uh, can make a difference and what we can do. And although we have to be very clear that this is not going to solve uh, every violent crime in this country. Uh, it's not going to prevent every mass shooting. Uh, it's not going to keep every gun out of the hands of a criminal. Uh, it will potentially save lives in this country. And no, it will potentially take the guns out of people who should have guns, who should be out there protecting themselves and people around them. Spare families uh, the pain and the extraordinary loss that they've suffered uh, as a consequence of a firearm being in the hands of the wrong people. I'm also confident that uh, the recommendations that are being made by uh, my team here are ones that uh, are entirely consistent with the Second Amendment and people's lawful right uh, to bear arms. And Whistle. Uh, you know, we've been very careful. To rec- I guess Obama didn't get his two front teeth with that whistle he had there. Recognizing that Uh, Although we have a strong tradition of gun ownership in this country, uh, that uh, even those who possess firearms uh, for hunting. Hunting. Yes, that's all we do it for. uh, For uh, self-protection. He did not want to say that. If you look at him when he's when he's he's like, I don't want to say this because this is this is their argument that it's for self-protection. I can't say self-protection. No. Uh, And for other legitimate reasons. And other legitimate. So hunting. Protection. And other legitimate reasons. <laughs> what what other legitimate reasons could he be speaking of? I mean, really, what what are other leg- legitimate reasons? Uh, target shooting? Well, that's part of owning a gun because you have to practice to keep your skill level up, to keep your handling of the weapon properly. So that kind of falls underneath the basic uh, protection and hunting. So what other reason is there to own a gun? Anybody? Bueller. Uh, want to make sure that the wrong people don't have them uh, for the wrong reasons. So I want to th- say uh, how much I appreciate the outstanding work that the team's done. Uh, many of them worked over the holidays to get this uh, set of recommendations to me, and uh, I'm looking forward to speaking to the American people over the next several days uh, in more detail about them. Yeah, sure. All right, that's enough of, of that character. We, uh, again, this is this is a debate that goes on forever. Um, as we discussed today on, on Shannon's show, uh, gun sales were the highest they've ever been in 2015. Every time it's mentioned guns, 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 everybody gets an uproar, everybody starts buying guns. So it's not working. Just don't worry about it. One of the, one of the issues in this era that they're talking about, this came out this morning. Doctors can report some mentally ill patients to FBI under new gun control rule. Delivering on his promise to deliver 
common sense gun control, the Obama administration on Monday finalized a rule that em- enables health care providers to report the names of mentally ill patients to the FBI firearms background check system. The action was one of a series of steps that President Barack Obama had called for in January 2013 in the wake of the Newton Connecticut shooting to curb gun violence, but the rule was not published until today. Until today. So it was written in 13. It wasn't published till today. Now, keep in mind, I got some things when we get to the BLM that might add to that. While the 1993 Brady Law prohibits gun ownership by individuals who have been involuntarily committed, found incompetent to stand trial, or otherwise deemed by a court to be a danger to themselves or others, federal health care pri- privacy rules prohibited doctors and others, other providers from sharing information without the consent of their patient. Well, that's a good thing. Because who's to say a doctor doesn't like you? Or who's to say a doctor isn't a gun control advocate? So you go in and you say, you know, I've been getting these headaches. I've been a little stressed at work. You know, life has been hard. Uh, you know, we're, we're kind of hard on money right now. You know, so my stomach's been upset. Oh, well, you know, here, let's give you something to treat your stomach. And you're having a hard time. Let's, let's give you a Zanny or a Valium or something. You know, you take that when you're really having a hard time. All of a sudden, the doctor, oh, I gave him a Zanny. He, he, he's got problems. Watch out. Watch out for this guy. Put him on the list. Put, put him on the list. That's the kind of things that can happen. That's the kind of things I concern myself with. Now, I'd like to believe that doctors would not do that, but I'd also like to believe that cops wouldn't shoot unarmed teenagers or children. So, you know, what I'd like to believe and what actually happens in the world around us are two different things, two total different things. So what what do we do? Do we just continue to stand our ground? Do we go take over federal buildings? Do we march on the White House? So many different questions that go around this conversation. And we'll get more into it. Second hour with Danny. Around the country. Well, yeah. All right. We'll do this one real fast. No, we won't. Let's take a break real fast. I know a lot of audio. Uh, Danny, when he's on, it's going to be the straight time all the way through to the end of the show. Scott Ledger does return back tonight uh, on RazRadioLive.com. So I hope you guys uh, listening on other stations jump on over and uh, check out what Scott's got to say. He's going to have a good show tonight. He's got Fortoed and Ferris joining him. And we all know how that goes down when those two are to, when those three are together. I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. All right, guys, you're listening to First 52, RazRadioLive.com, RadioFreeBlood.com, RadioFreeBlood.com, and Radio Chaos. I'll be back with you in a couple minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Speak to him, Jim. Look at my crayon. Hold on. What am I supposed to say? What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> What's your name again? John Raz. Four Toad and Lexi. Do I mention Four Toad? Sure. Oh. Or Dave. Dave. <laughs> hey, it's always great to be on the first 52 with Sean Raz, or Toad and Lexi. You know, that's, that's how my shit. What am I? Give me a script here. Come on. I can't do this. You're putting me on, under pressure. Bob, don't worry about it here. And, uh. Dr. Bob. <laughs> Dr. Bob, yeah. Dr. Bob Tuscan. <laughs> Bob Tuscan, and you're listening to the first 52 on Raz Radio with my buddies Sean Raz and Lexi Raz and that guy, Four Toad. The American Republic is in remnant status. The stage is set for our country eventually devolving into a military dictatorship, and few seem to care. My fellow people. 
patriots, we need a solution. I think we need everybody to read the Constitution. It's our right, it's our duty. Ignoring it is lethal. To abolish the current corrupt government, it's poor as evil. And start a new one by the people, for the people. We were born equal, but the government is making super soldiers like the born sequel. Getting ready for martial law, total lockdown. I wish for peace and knowledge with my genie lamp. At least you'll have your own cell at the FEMA camp. Fuck the CIA agency, I break it down from A to Z. They got the guts to say to me, don't protest or make a scene. Well, fuck it, let them taser me. I will not let them intimidate or phase me. I am not insignificant and lazy. I don't even know what to say lately because the system may be crazy. We need a second American revolution. What in the middle of a revolution? We need a second American revolution. We have a second American revolution. We need a second American revolution. We need a second American revolution. The second American revolution. Skeptics say 9-11 was not an inside job. Even though hundreds of eyewitnesses said they seen bombs like William Rodriguez and Marlene Cruz. Even the average citizens even were on the news. And they heard the testimony about bombs going off. Bodies in the lobby with their face blowing off. You say it doesn't matter, it means nothing to you. And you act like eyewitnesses are not enough proof. When I talk about it, you call me a conspiracy theorist. Your body doesn't need to listen, I need your spirit to hear this. And once you learn the truth, you'll never look back. I just get pissed off when people won't look at the facts. Steel buildings don't just fucking collapse. If you believe the official story, you can be sure to say, I guess the laws of physics just stopped working that day. But everybody just calls me a jerk when I say, We need a second American revolution. We're in the middle of a revolution. We need a second American revolution. We have a second American revolution. We need a second American revolution. The country was on the verge of revolution. We need a second American revolution. The second American revolution. These are the craziest forces. They're giving rabies to horses, replacing habeas corpus with Mercedes and Porsches. And they want you to need them. They're loving it. They condition you to be dependent on the government. We got a whole generation that's living on welfare. The 9-11 first responders can't get health care. If you and I don't, then nobody will care. And now they want a carbon tax, they might as well sell air. Are you just gonna sit there and let the new world order? Piss in the food that you ordered. What will you do in your corner? We've been abused and extorted. And the truth is distorted before the news gets reported. But the clues are imported before the music's recorded. Because the youth is important. I hear a who just like Horton. I see the jewels in your sport. I say you're clued to your fortune. This is for the water and the people they've tortured Cloaked in Christianity Preaching the Lord's word I had this as a premonition before it occurred This is for the suppressed technologies That they're hiding from us For the people in power that keep lying to us The international bankers In their eyes I see lust The truth will come to the light You can't disguise what you've done We gotta band together Do what we can to spread the knowledge Have some documentary DVDs at every college Like freedom to fascism Loose change and endgame You watch these films And it'll never be the same Check out Coast to Coast AM, Infowars.com Don't worry, I've got more Disclosureproject.org, WeAreChange.org There's another top source, go and do some research You need to realize, we need a second American Revolution We're in the middle of a revolution We need a second American Revolution We have a second American Revolution We need a second American Revolution The country was on the verge of revolution Second American Revolution. Second American Revolution. 
this is Steve from The Chocolate Drop. And if you haven't heard the show lately, here's a little bit of what you've been missing. My week is over. Thank God. Uh, oh, God. God damn. You see how Steve gets down, right? Steve's wicked. <laughs> so you see, you wicked, Steve. I'll slap you again. Huh? There ain't no cameras in here. I don't know what her problem was, why she was licking people's cheese. See, black people mess it up for everybody, man. <laughs> you know somebody black to complain, <laughs> and they call me a racist. The back of the toilet looks like a Jackson Pollock. Um, I don't like that. You ever seen a vein this big? <laughs> She ate a rubber glove and she had to have her dog. <laughs> insane. It was absolutely insane. Um, I don't like that. Saturdays, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. RazRadioLive.com and Salty Talk Radio. We talk, we talk about life. You must dig deep under the sun. is the worst. Trying to demonize my mission and vilify my philanthropic vision. Life worse. No doubt it's all about the purse. Rip your pocketbook tight tonight, it's the worst. Greedy capitalists got the streets on burst and they pushing for peace on earth. What's life worth? Ask yourself, what comes first? How much can one do with one verse? Do you want to get in touch with the universe? Do you want to cause death or give birth? What's life worth when you're living inside a virtual prison And information you're given is essentially science fiction Juice is a robbery victim, used to the sodomy system Your future's poverty stricken, computer lottery picking It's almost like a brand new world is getting ushered in It's hard to tell the Republicans from the Demopublicans Or could you ever notice a difference in the beginning Or was it just an illusion created by a magician? Listen, they're using multiplication as in true to addition Economists don't know how to subtract, just do the division Society is greed-stricken, sipping red rum Stepping over half-dead bums to feed Pigeons. It's an illusion of safety and it's a hazard When the only real choices you got is paper or plastic You know what's really terrifying? Old rich men keep designing wars for young poor people to you die in globalists want control of the earth Yes, my friend What do you think your life's really worth? Yes, again Globalists want control of the earth And the youth What do you think? What do you think? Simple one, I mentioned it already. Survival, okay? And in order to learn that, Mother Nature. 
tonight is the worst. Greedy capitalists got the streets on burst and they pushing for peace on earth. What's life worth? Ask yourself, what come first? How much can one do with one verse? Do you want to get in touch with the universe? Do you want to cause death or give birth? Yo, what is life really worth? What is it? Alright guys, welcome back to the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com, RadioFreeBlood.com, and Radio Chaos. Your host Sean Raz here. We're ready to get into some more information. I'm going to blow your mind with what I'm about to tell you. No, I'm really not. I'm just going to tell you what I believe. We're going to have some chemtrail talk, I think, in this segment. And then Danny will be joining us in the next segment. It's going to be a lot of information. I hope you're ready. RazRadioLive.com, the only place you'll get it like this. No, I'm kidding. It's a lie! I want to thank Don Pontius. He does a show here on his station, obviously, and also on Rams Radio on Saturday. If you're a prepper, if you're if you're interested in how to prep, you want to check out his show, uh, SHFT Series, which means When Shit Hits the Fan. He's got great information. He shares some awesome information. Make sure you check him out. Of course, tonight after me, Scott Ledger will be joining. Or, sorry, Scott Ledger will be hosting Dangerous Conversation with Ferris and uh, Forte. Sure, it'll be a good time. All right, let's see. What else do we got here? Yeah, Don is very good, Swag. Very, very good. And he knows his stuff, man. He definitely knows his stuff. He's been, I think, with us for two years now, year and a half. And uh, I love having him here. He's, he does just an excellent show, and he'll give you all the information you need. It's always entertaining, too. It's amazing. You can do prepping and be entertaining. <laughs> no way. That could never happen. All right, so like I said, uh, before we went into break, I want to touch on GMOs. GE foods, genetically engineered, genetically modified foods, something we talk about a lot, something I've been railing on. My wife covers very well when she's uh, on the show with us or when she's working on getting our food for the week. She does a great job in, in trying as hard as you can on a low budget to get it. Uh, yep. Bad slave. See, I got to stop that. See, that's what happens, guys. And those of you who might be new, if I pause like that, I'm reading in the chat room, and I that, I don't do chat rooms usually. If I got like co-host with me, it's easy to do chat rooms, but when you're all by yourself, it's hard to do a chat room. But yeah, bad slave. I, I think uh, there's a lot of questions to that. And again, I've got questions about what we see going on in Oregon, but I'm waiting to do those with Danny. Those questions will arise. I promise you. But back to the geo, G, uh, GMO, GE uh, foods. Around the country, organic farmers are pushing for GE-free zones. Jackson County, Oregon, imagine that, Oregon, has just joined the small but growing ranks of GE-free zones in the U.S., which prohibits the cultivation of genetically engineered crops. It's, it's at least the eighth county in the country, the eighth county in the country to create such an ordinance and efforts are springing up to pass similar measures in other places. The Jackson County designation was made final on December 22nd when a federal judge approved a consent decree protecting the zone. The ordinance was passed originally the ordinance was originally passed May 12, May 2014 by the voters of Jackson County, but was challenged in court by two GE alfalfa farmers who argued that it violates Oregon state law. 
The challenge was rejected by a federal court judge in May and a court-approved settlement, which upholds the GE-free zone but allows the alfalfa, alfalfa, the alfalfa farmers to keep their crops for the remainder of its useful life. Of its useful life. There are many different types of genetically modified plants and animals, although GM crops are frequently modified to make them less susceptible to pests. Genetically engineering, genetic engineering, especially as it relates to food systems, remains a hot button issue in the U.S. with primarily primary concerns among members of the public being that safety of GE products in terms of their impact on public health and the environment, a growing movement has devoted itself to passing GE labeling laws, which really has had so much resistance. Why is a question, for instance, which would identify products containing genetically modified organisms. But when it comes to GE-free farming zones, the, cur- the, con- the, c- the concert is largely an economic one. The concern is largely an ec- economic one. Wow, my eyes just didn't want to work there for a second. The goal of creating the zone, according to proponents, is to protect non-GE crops from contamination with, with modified product, a risk, they argue, has become a threat to the livelihood of traditional and organic farmers. Transgenetic contamination is the mixing of unwanted, unintentional GE content with traditional and or organic crops or wild plants, according to George Kembrell, senior attorney at the Center for Food Safety, an environmental advocacy group promoting organic and sustainable agriculture agriculture and council in the Jackson County case. When GE crops are cultivated in close proximity to non-GE crops, bees and other pollinators can carry pollen between the two, spreading the genes from genetically modified plants. This is a concern on several levels. First, because a federal patent law protecting the rights to produce and sell certain genetically modified organisms is out there. That's a problem. The World According to Monsanto. If you haven't seen that documentary, if you haven't heard that documentary, you have to check it out. They, they dive very deeply in all of these issues. The World According to Monsanto. I, pay, I play it when I do doc days. Check it out if you haven't seen it. Beyond the legal considerations, there's also worry about having contaminated products rejected by domestic organic markets, which advertise their wares as being GE-free. And the ability to export to the international market is another consideration as well. Here's where it gets funny to me. A lot of our export market, a lot of our export markets have a very different view of GE crops than the U.S. government does. Hmm, maybe because they're in the pocket of Monsanto and they require labeling. They have restrictions. They haven't approved a number of GE crops that we have approved. But the government is there to protect you. Don't forget that. They're there to protect you. Time and time again, U.S. farmers have lost literally billions of dollars through these contaminated incidences. GMO, genetically modified organisms, genetically engineered organisms, are a problem in our world. It's something that we've allowed to get way out of hand, something that the the combination of people from Big Pharma, or I'm sorry, not Big Pharma, Big Food, Monsanto, I guess Big Pharma too, we can throw in there, and the government revolving from FDA to Monsanto to this organization to FDA to this thing to that, 
that door just it's causing massive, massive issues. There is no real control. And we don't just see it in the food realm. We see it in the pharmaceutical realm. We see it in the military industrial complex realm. We see it in all levels of our life, even on your local level. I'm sure you're seeing something similar to that. How do we stop that? Is it term limits? Is it is it not allowing people from big business to go into government and not allowing people from government to go into big business? Is it reducing term limits? Is it saying, hey, you can only have two terms? It might be 12 years if it's a six term, but you can only have two of them. That's it. Then you won't be able to, to get your 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 hand in as deep. I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. The best solution is, why can't we label it? Why, why can't you just tell people and let them decide? What's your fear? Why are they afraid of that? Oh, I, I'm sure you guys remember a few years ago. It might have been two years at this point in time. Uh, there was a big article that came out about GMO foods and how they caused these massive tumors on rats. And everybody tried to downplay that study and say it was a lie and how, you know, they, they, they finagled things and yada, yada, yada. Of course, they always come out and, and say that the, the studies that go against their product or their actions are always the bad ones. Well, scientists who discover that GMOs cause tumors wins lawsuit. A court has ruled that French professor, yeah, that name, <laughs> I'm not even going to try, was correct when he concluded that GMO food, when fed to rats, caused serious health, pro- health problems, including tumors. Now professor is in, is in the news again, this time for winning a major court victory in a liberal tri- libel trial that represents the second court victory for that person, the professor, and his team in less than a month. On November 25th, the High Court in Paris indicated in, in Mark Fallis, the former chairman of France Biomolecular Bio- Engineering Commission, for forgery and the use of forgery. The details of the case have not been officially released, but according to, the article, to this article from the, the professor's website, Fallis used or copied the signature of a scientist whose, whose name was used without his agreement to argue that the professor and his co-workers were wrong in their study on Monsanto's products, including GMO corn, GM corn. So basically, this guy Marcus Fallos lied, forged a signature to try to tell everybody the study was a lie, was wrong. I, I couldn't imagine that would happen. Government officials anywhere would lie? People who may have connections to the government would lie. So that's a good thing that that's happening. It's like Dr. Wakefield. Nobody ever talks about the fact that Dr. Wakefield's partner has had his license restored, and Dr. Wakefield is in the process of still trying to do that and could possibly get his license back over the whole vaccine issue. Nobody wants to tell you that. They just they throw the headline out. He he lost his license for 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 lying and and. Cheating on on uh, testing and blah 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 all their bullshit. That's all it is, lies and bullshit. All right, I got ten minutes here before I got to take a break to set up to have da- uh, Danny on, and I want to touch on on this other issue here. Now, GM or uh, 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 chemtrails, geoengineering, weather modification, 
If you've listened to me for any period of time, you know that that is a very big problem that I, I look at, that, something that just bothers me the most because it's right there in front of you. We talk about the need. Uh, we talk about how these people say we have a need to, to correct this. We need to save the planet. And everybody tells me that I'm crazy for saying that there's chemtrails. They, they couldn't do that. There's no way they could do that. They wouldn't be able to organize it. Well, uh, Dr. Keith, I'm sure you all have heard his name before. He's featured in Why and What in the World Are They Spraying? He's one of the, the top climate scientists. He did an interview on CBC News. Now I'm going to stop and start this uh, throughout it, make my little comments. But this is, uh, this is very interesting. Climate change is the biggest global environmental problem. But some people exaggerate. They, they turn up the volume to 11. They think that if we just say that it's a devastating thing, that that will encourage people to act. And I don't think that's actually working. I think shouting louder hasn't been effective. So he knows they're losing the battle. This is basically what he's admitting. admitting. People want to work on problems they think they can fix. They don't want to work on problems just because they think they're bad. The way David Keith sees it, the fix will happen up there, in the sky. Keith's a Harvard professor, a world-renowned climate scientist, an outdoorsman. So it'll happen up there in the sky. And I've come to Calgary to meet him because he says the planet has to be cooled, and he knows the way to do it. Something called solar geoengineering. Solar geoengineering rests on a simple idea. We could offset some of the risk of the accumulating carbon in the atmosphere by making the Earth a little bit more reflective so that it absorbs a little bit less sunlight. And humans could do this deliberately, for example, by putting reflective aerosols, sulfates, or maybe even diamond dust in the stratosphere, where they would reflect away a little bit of sunlight the way a very thin cloud does. Picture. Wait, what did he just say? Particles shot up into the atmosphere, they make clouds. The clouds shield us from the sun, cooling the earth. Keith explains that this already happens when volcanoes erupt, but volcanoes are a little less controversial. What is notable is that although there are lots of people who behind closed doors in the scientific world and political world will say we should take it seriously, it's so controversial that there's basically no serious research programs by big governments. Why is this idea so controversial? It's controversial because people are terrified that if we even talk about it, that, that efforts to, to cut emissions, do the hard work of cutting emissions, will weaken. This is the psychological dilemma of solar geoengineering. If we perfect it, then we're off the hook, right? Wait, if we perfect it, but how can we perfect it if we're not already doing it? Is this idea a silver bullet? Is no, it's at. not a silver bullet, because you need both. We need to cut emissions using things like solar power and nuclear power and conservation, and we need to be able to do this thing, to do solar geoengineering, if, if, it, if the time looks right. But for some people, there will never be a right time to do this. After all, isn't controlling the Earth's climate playing God? We are already controlling the climate by putting all this carbon in. Right now, we're treating the atmosphere like a trash dump. We're throwing our carbon pollution into the atmosphere. And we need to think about, we need to think about a global responsibility to the natural environment. And I think that being deliberate about how we manage the climate may in fact be an ethical and sensible part of that. 
so being I had my microphone off, sorry. So being deliberate. Maybe Keith's right that if we controlled the climate, we'd care a little more about it. Then again, maybe he isn't. That's the thing. There are so many unanswered questions about solar geoengineering. Will it even work? And you know what's funny? I got to tell you guys this. Uh, you hear the breathing in the background and all the little noises in the background. They're talking about global warming as he's standing in a in a, a snow-covered mountain. Who controls the thermostat? What about side effects? In the end, the questions are Keith's point. Everybody who's a professional on climate knows this in principle could be done. And they assume that if things get really bad, we'll do it. But then we'll be doing it with something that's completely untested. And so what you want to do is bring it out in the open so we can think about how we manage it and figure out how to do it better. Bring it out in the open. Now, I don't know if you guys remember two weeks ago, I read an article about how airplane aerosols might be cooling the planet. We're not going to make better decisions about this technology if we pretend it doesn't exist. When you look to the future, what's your hope? I think an exciting thing. Yes, chemtrail deniers, please, please stop saying it doesn't exist. He's telling you it exists. Whether they're doing it or not, he's not saying that. But he's telling you it exists. thing about the combination of emissions cuts and solar geoengineering is you can actually talk about making the problem better. And I think it's possible that that positive vision of kind of restoring the climate to the pre-industrial we started with could actually motivate more people to, to do the hard work of cutting emissions. And if so, it's a win-win. Does that mean you want to do this? I, I want to do it because I don't want, want the planet to be wrecked by climate change. Is that a bad thing? Because this would yes. actually protect real human beings who are going to suffer and die in heat, heat waves in South India or protect the high Arctic that's going to melt away. So why wouldn't people vote to actually have less global warming, to have less risk? Because you're standing in snow. Uh, I think he says a little more. Let's, let me give it a second here. happens. That we shoot a whole bunch of particles into the earth, into yeah, the atmosphere, yeah, yeah. to cool it down. Yeah. What kind of day is that? Is that a sad day? Is that a failure? Wait, I actually got to bring that back a second because I was talking, and and you just got to hear that. Into the earth, into yeah. the atmosphere, yeah, yeah. to back cool. Up. There we go. Let's give it a sec. If this ever happens, that we shoot a whole bunch of particles into the earth, into yeah, the atmosphere, yeah, yeah. to cool it down. Yeah. What kind of day is that? Is that a sad day? Is that a failure? What is that? I think it depends entirely on how we do it. If it's done as an excuse so we don't cut emissions, then it's a terrible day. And you think it's likely? I think it's likely we'll do it. But I hope we do it the right way, not the right way. Now, it's likely we'll do it. Once they get it all figured out and they, they, they figure out how to tell us they've been doing it without telling us they've been lying to us about doing it. Wrong way. Keith tells me that the technology exists. The technology exists. They can spray aerosols into the atmosphere they have the technology and theoretically there's nothing to stop a country from doing solar geoengineering uh -huh. imagine that sound crazy no it doesn't they're Maybe doing the it. craziest idea is to not think about it at all no i agree with Rick that heard in cbc news calgary i agree with that the craziest thing to do is to not think about it at all to just say it's not happening it's not going on i promise you ah! no think about it talk about it discuss it they're telling you they have the technology. They're telling you they have the want to do it. Who's to say they're not already doing it just because he tells us they're not really doing it? These are the things that we need to start paying more attention to. These are important issues in my mind.
All right, guys, I will be back. We'll have uh, Danny Panzelli. I, I, I know I keep stuttering. I'm Italian. You'd think I'd be able to say his name without stuttering over it. Um, Danny Panzelli will be joining us uh, as we roll into the next hour, the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com, RadioFreeBlood.com, and Radio Chaos. I'll talk to you guys in a couple minutes. We have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions. The total influence, economic, political, even spiritual, is felt in every city, every state house, every office of the federal government. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military industrial complex.
Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. on RazRadioLive.com. Follow one man's journey down the never-ending rabbit hole to find out what the truth is. All I'm offering is the truth. Scott Ledger is your distinguished host for Dangerous Conversation. Give Scott a call at 941-421-0401. No matter what side of the fence you are on, he'll talk to you. Everyone from Tucker Carlson... Take some mushrooms and squeegee your third fucking eye. ...to Waterhead from the LRWS. Sometimes the weak ones need to do drugs and they need to die out. Thomas, what drugs have you done? Give me a list. You have an opinion about drugs, but you've never done any. Dangerous Conversation, every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. on RazRadioLive.com. The simple power of truth. each other mothers and brothers then we blame it on the man say you gotta do it all for the struggles i'm asking the g for a better day to fill the world with peace no pain for days shout out to all the lights still shining cause the weight of the world can pull the wool over your eyes let's Smoking up the ganja blade. 
Chemtrails, or the, uh, sorry, that was a Floridian, Floridian, Floridian slip. Jesus, my mouth just stopped working all of a sudden. What the heck? Uh, one article I came across this week that I, I found very interesting, as we're, we're discussing and wrapping up the, the geoengineering talk. Desert greening from rising CO2. If you're a Jack Blood fan, I'm sure you saw this article. Increased levels of carbon dioxide have helped boost green foliage across the world's arid region over the past 30 years through a process called CO2 fertilization, according to the CSIRO research. In findings based on satellite observations, CSIRO, in collaboration with Australia's Australian National University, found that this CO2 fertilization correlation correlated with an 11% increase in foliage cover from 1982 to 2010 across parts of the arid areas studied in Australia, North America, the Middle East, and Africa. Hmm. So, is it destroying the planet or is it helping us to grow more things? Oh, imagine that. I don't know. I found that article interesting and entertaining at the same time. You know, you'll find things like that every once in a while. Uh, I, I really appreciate Jack pointing it out. I read that article and I just couldn't believe that they're trying to uh, associate that now. And it goes to all these different things that we keep saying. You know, David Keith kept talking about uh, specific things that, that we talk about, the the aerosols, the aerosols uh, uh, causing issues. It's just, I don't know, we, we see these things happening. Problem with playback device, what's going on here? Connecting, connecting. Hold on, I'm calling Danny right now. We'll get him up and running with us here momentarily. Hopefully everything decides to work. Of course, the guy asked for a, a test, well, and we can't do a test because I'm already live, and now we're going to have issues with our Skype. But that's okay. We'll move on. Another item I wanted to touch on, I know he's, it's ringing now. We'll get him here eventually. I might be a little early for him. Another item I wanted to touch on, and I don't like to talk about Alex, and I know some of the guys in, in Radio Free Bloodland there, uh, we're, we're commenting on some of the songs that I played prior to the start of the show. Uh, some of the songs that were played were, you know, had the voice of Alex Jones in them. As we all have seen this past holiday vacation period time, uh, some information has come out where he's, he's claimed that cops stopped the guy from assassinating him and they had to shoot and kill him to stop it. Well, there's a big spin to that and I don't know. You see people that, that have stood by his side and, and worked with him, coming out against him, coming out against this. And that's important because we don't need uh, our alternative media to turn into the same uh, crap that we get on the TV. So I just wanted to point that out. I know it, it's not that big of a deal. I don't listen to the guy anymore. Very rarely, at least, do I listen to him. But it's something that is in the world. As I promised, we got a 
got a, a guest coming on with us, and we're going to get into BLM and Oregon and everything going on out there. And as I was you know, researching uh, Danny here today, uh, I see that we have a lot of things in common. I'm sure there's some things we don't agree on because that would be right because we shouldn't all agree on everything. Uh, but Danny Pon- – here we go. See, I don't know. Again, I'm Italian. I should be able to say this. Danny Ponzella – there we go. Flowed right off that time. Uh, founder of Peace in the Streets Project in NYC, uh, founder and director of Occupy the Fed in New York City, uh, and editor-in-chief of the True Squad TV. Uh, I believe he's probably been on a dangerous conversation before because I found, you know, I, I found, I've been following him for a while and trying to, to get in touch with him. But uh, Cynthia, who is the booking goddess for Dangerous Conversation back in the day, uh, she helped me make sure we could secure this interview. Danny, do I got you there, buddy? I'm here. How you doing tonight, Danny? I'm doing well. Excellent. Um, let me introduce myself. My name is Sean. Uh, I think we figured that part out already. Um, I uh, I was a, a very big uh, right-wing Republican, you know, go nuke them all person, hated 9-11 truthers, would never question any of the things I question now up until about four or five, six years ago. I uh, got into this and really just went hog wild with it. Uh, I have a little bit of history with my family and radio. My my father was in radio in Philadelphia for a very long time. And uh, I was correct. You have been on with Scott Ledger before, right? Yes, several okay. times. Excellent. I don't know if you know, he's on my station now. He's on after me tonight. Oh, awesome. So uh, tell me a little bit about yourself before we really get in the topic of, of the evening. But uh, from your mouth, tell me about yourself. Well, uh, I think that our backgrounds are probably similar. Um I guess it was in 2007 or 2008, I had a discussion with someone and they told me that 9-11 is an inside job. And without using profanity, I told them where to go. Uh, Six months later, I found myself at Ground Zero handing out DVDs of (laughs) of, of 9-11 Truth movies. It's amazing how that happens, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so it was a very quick trans, uh, transformation for me. Actually, it was um, uh, In Plain Sight, which was, I think, William Lewis. Uh, that was really the the film that, uh, you know, did it for me in terms of 9-11. When they pointed out the flash, because I, I, that's one of my favorite ones, too. When they put it, pointed out the flash on the side of the building before the impact of the plane, that was one of the things that really grabbed me in that one. Yeah. And so I had never even considered, uh, you know, it's funny because I had been having a conversation with someone from uh, Australia and they were the ones telling me that everybody knew it was an inside job. And, you know, it's funny because being at Ground Zero for a couple of years uh, doing activism, it, it rang true that all the Europeans would come through and they'd look at the evidence and say, yeah, yeah, you know, this is very interesting and we definitely believe it. And it was only the Americans who, I I mean, many Americans believed it, but it was the, it was always an American who got in our face and screamed at us and, you know, oh, you know, what are you talking about? How could you, how could you think that? How could you say that? I mean, I've literally had punches thrown at me. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing how angry, because uh, you you look at nine eleven truthers and people that are out there trying to to spread this message, and it you know we're we're pretty calm for the most part. We get a little fired up here and there, but I'll tell you what, the people that are against us are ugly. I mean, they just get violent and and mean. Well, I mean, I can certainly empathize and understand the um, 
the emotional reaction you can have to finding out, you know, or to be to being someone suggesting this to you without you having actually looked objectively at the information. And for me, what it what happened in between me having the argument, telling them to go go scratch because they said nine eleven was an inside job. We're to on, being at we're ground on zero. Danny, we're uncensored, so say whatever you want. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Between me telling this person to go fuck themselves and me handing out DVDs at 9-11, uh, the, the uh, crisis, the financial crisis happened. I lost a quarter of a million dollars and my mother passed away from breast cancer. So those two things happening in that sh- very short several-month window kind of broke me down and left me in a place where honestly I had a, a, a little bit of a breakdown uh, you know, an emotional breakdown. And it left me in a place where I no longer cared about politics. I no longer cared. Honestly, I didn't really care about much at that point. Okay. And it was at that point that I was able to let go of all the preconceived ideas I had about the world. And I was able to, for the first time, probably look at, at information really objectively. So now, coincidentally, a few months later, somebody hands me a DVD and I look at it and it's almost like with a fresh set of eyes, or maybe it's, it's almost the same as the way European can look at the information because they don't have this programmed brainwashed patriotism that, that they must defend, you know, that they identify with their country, they identify with their government and they have some sort of loyalty to it. So once that was stripped away, now I'm able to, to look at this objectively and look at the facts and say, yeah, you know what? Governments, the, the real purpose of government has always been, population control. It's about controlling people and keeping us in line. And so it's really not that far of a stretch. I mean, people say, oh, you really think the government would kill 3,000 of its own people? Well, yeah. I mean, we, how many people have died in wars? How many Americans have we, have we, have we lost in wars, right? Uncountable. Of thousands. Yeah. So, so yeah, of course I believe that what's the difference between a civilian and a, and a soldier. There's no difference. So yeah, of course I believe that the government would sacrifice 3,000 lives to obtain its you know, foreign policy objectives. Danny, let, yeah. me, let me ask you this question real fast because you, you made a statement and most of us in this doing these things that stand up, I mean, all these, these uh, foundations and organizations that you're involved in, um, they're not cheap, but you, you made a statement that really was prolific to me you said you lost almost a quarter of a million dollars what did you do before you got into this i was a real estate broker an investor okay so you, you I, I had, no no it was a oh. um a, a project i was renovating i was really basically building a house it was a 250 year old house that belonged to the vanderbilts that i was renovating <laughs> and when the market crashed I lost all my equity, and when I sold it, it was at a $250,000 loss, wow. uh, and that was all money that I that came out of my pocket. It wasn't just like an equity loss that it wasn't money that I put in. It was it was cash that I put out of hand, so I I literally lost that money. Now, I, I'm going to guess you don't do that anymore. Um, I don't, know. <laughs> That's probably yeah. a good choice. Uh, all right, so c- continue on. So uh, we've got the Peaceful Street projects that you're part of, uh, Occupy yes. the Fed you've been part of. Uh, and the Truth Squad TV. Explain to me Truth Squad TV. Let's start there. Well, Truth Squad uh, TV was a uh, blog that I was writing for several years. I actually, um, I just took the website down, uh, but it was just basically. Sorry I to bring had, it up, then. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. 
Um, it was just a, a blog that mostly I had written about um, police accountability issues, uh, uh, a lot about the TSA. I had been focused a lot on TSA. I had gotten involved with We Don't We Won't Fly uh, when they first implemented the body scanners. Um, so basically, I was just blogging on different issues, you know, uh, writing. I, I'm probably going to put the site back up, but it's just uh, down right now. Um, my current project is Does Pot Cure Cancer? I saw it was your website, yeah. And, you know, I'm a big advocate myself of uh, making sure we get that legal. And, and uh, I live in Florida, so we're working on it this year, and I'm hoping we can, we can get it through. So go ahead with Does Pot Cure Cancer. Yeah, it's a documentary that I'm, I'm uh, shooting. And basically, I'm just covering all the studies and science uh, that, that show or um, – I hesitate to use the word prove because I don't believe that we've really proven it yet. Uh, although I do believe it's true. We just have to get, get through the, um, the, the really, the big obstacle is the human clinical trials. The U S government does not permit human clinical trials yet. Um, unless they're running them. Well, on, on marijuana, on cannabis, they don't permit it yet. So, um, so I wouldn't say that we have the proof yet, but I do believe, I mean, there's, there's so much what, what people in the science and medical community call anecdotal evidence, meaning when, when, when someone says anecdotal evidence, that means it was not done in a lab right. in a controlled setting. So if I take cannabis and cure my own cancer with it, a doctor will say, okay, well, that's, that's anecdotal evidence. And what they're really trying to say is uh, that – you know, it probably was something else that cured your cancer, not really the cannabis. The cannabis could have had some placebo effect, uh, but it's it's not likely. But when they make that it, argument, it's funny about that because, you know, most people who are going to go out and claim they cured their cancer with cannabis aren't doing any other treatment. So what, the cannabis, the, the cancer just disappears? It just goes away? Well, the, the doctors have a, a phrase for it, and it's called spontaneous remission. Oh. So when a doctor can't explain why cancer went away, it's it's not that, oh, cannabis cured your cancer. Oh, eating healthy cured your cancer. Oh, uh, you know, detoxing cured your cancer. It's, oh, you just – you had spontaneous remission. This happens from time to time. And I'll bet you, I'll bet you 95% of the spontaneous remission, uh, remission is in people who smoke a lot of cannabis or have used cannabis to try to treat it themselves. I'm just guessing here. Well, I mean, look, I think that there are a lot of cures for cancer. Uh, honestly, what is a cure? I mean, we, we kind of have to define what a cure is. So if I take a, a magic pill and it cures my cancer, quote unquote, well, what it's really doing is any kind of medication you take is supposed to be boosting your immune system your immu and then your immune system cures your, cures you of disease. There really are no such thing as a cure in the sense of a magic bullet or a pill or, or something like this, it really comes down to nutrition, right? right? So if your body, if your immune system gets the fuel that it needs, it can defeat whatever its enemy, whatever the enemy is. Everybody gets cancer all day long. Mm -hmm. You, I probably have cancer cells in my, in my body right now. So do you. But our immune systems are strong enough that they eliminate the cancers before they become life-threatening. Right Now, what happens is when somebody gets to the point where they have a cancer that's detectable and it becomes a health concern or, or it becomes a threat to their life, it's because their immune system has been compromised. And in general, generally speaking, a compromised immune system comes from toxification. You're, you're eating garbage, you're breathing in garbage, you're drinking garbage, toxins, and those toxins are, are – you're not 
excreting those toxins. And so the toxic buildup uh, lowers your immune, uh, immune system. And now your immune system is not strong enough to fight cancer. Yep. I agree with that 100%. I would never even question that. I mean, I know a lot of people who, who use just increasing their pH to, to, to battle Absolutely. cancer. Absolutely. That is another helpful tool. So, I, so again, does pot cure cancer? Um, I would say like semantic, it's kind of a semantic argument, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, I would say that pot uh, cannabis, when consumed in the right way, uh, which, by the way, is not smoking. Smoking does not give you enough of the medicine to to help your body defeat cancer. But it, when you consume cannabis in the right way, it nourishes your immune system. It nourishes your body. And then your immune system has the strength it needs to defeat the cancer. Right. And it's really as simple as that. And so there are other things. There are other things that can help you do this. Can, uh, cannabis just seems to be really good at it. <laughs> and that's due to the endocannabinoid system. Um, so, uh, you know, look – Eating healthy, the the Gerson diet, uh, you know, just eating clean uh, vegetables and uh, drinking clean pH balanced water. I mean, these are all things that can help your body, help your immune system to cure itself. And, and really, that's what it what it's about. And, mar- um, and marijuana is a, is an amazing thing because it's not just cancer; it helps with them. We've seen the studies with children and, and seizures and and multiple. I have family members who are, are fighting fibromyalgia, and it's it's yeah, it's made an incredible difference in their life uh, over u- using concentrates. Uh, they they they've almost dropped all their medication that they've been on for twenty plus years. That's right, and this is really where I'm I'm finding the the. The disconnect between the medical community who has not looked at the research, because once they look at the research, you know, then obviously they can see it. What the disconnect is, is this. It's snake oil. Yeah, I know. Pot cures epilepsy. It cures this. It cures cancer. It cures that. No, again, it nourishes your body. It gives your immune system the fuel that it needs to be able to defeat whatever it is that's, that's ailing it. And, and not always defeat in certain cases like epilepsy. It doesn't cure epilepsy, it but it can, it. it can control it. Right. It can help reduce the amount of seizures. Sometimes it even reduces the amount of seizures to zero. Uh, is that curing it? Well, because if you remove the, if you remove the CBD oil, no, because it'll come back. Right. Well, there are other ways to do that, though. I mean, you can also increase your intake of omega three acids. And fatty acids, and then your body creates its own CBD. So, I mean, I didn't know again, that. I did not know your body could produce its own CBD by doing that. That's right. Our body produces its own cannabinoids. So, theoretically speaking, if our culture, if our if our food was at a at a standard of uh, you know uh, that the, that the human body needed to needed it to be. If, if we were taking in the proper amount of nutrition, we wouldn't need cannabis to boost our immune systems because our bodies produce our own cannabinoids. Then we could just use it for fun and that would be great, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, so theoretically speaking, if we ate the right way, if we ate the healthy way, the, the way our bodies needed us to, we wouldn't even need cannabis to supplement. Cannabis is, they call them phytocannabinoids, the plant-based cannabinoids, but we have our own endogenous cannabinoids that we produce ourselves. So one of the doctors, uh, scientists that I interviewed for the film, he, uh, uh, Dr. Bob Melamede, he's based in Colorado, and he put it to me this way. Taking, let's say, uh, you know, an ounce of cannabis oil 
is like drinking three or four gallons of fish oils. It has the same the same effect. It's the same chemical uh, effect. So okay. the fish oils have the omega-3 fatty acids in them. When we consume the omega-3 fatty acids, our body produces cannabinoids. So obviously you'd, you'd be sick and throwing up if you tried to drink that much <laughs> fish oil. Yeah, but, it'd probably be really gross tasting too, I just have yeah. to guess. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a, it's much more efficient to get it from uh, you know or, or convenient to get it from cannabis uh, cannabis oil. So that's that's you know the basics. Uh, of, I'm, uh, when do you that. plan on when do you plan on releasing that? I'm curious. Well, the goal is to get it out for the summer. So for the summer of 06 or 16. Uh, 16, <laughs> correct. Wow. <laughs> Took us back there. Wow. That was like a flashback there. Sorry, man. It's been one of those nights. My mouth just does its own thing sometimes, you know, and one of those nights is tonight. All right. Well, we'll be looking for that. And when you're ready to do it, man, you're more than welcome to come promote it. Uh, I'd be happy to help you any way I can to get it out there and promote it and uh, connect you with other people. Make sure, you know, Scott knows you're still around. Get everything going, you know? Oh, yeah. I, I was just on Scott's show, I don't know, maybe a month ago talking about the film. Oh, excellent. Uh, I didn't. On my station, I didn't even know that. Jesus, I got to pay better attention to what's going on, on my station. I guess uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's probably going. Yeah, you should, you dumbass. <laughs> I get done my show and I got to step away for a couple minutes. Uh, the reason I brought you on tonight, uh, the main reason I really appreciate, it, and we're going to do this more often because I think again we're on a lot of the same track. There's probably one or two things we might butt heads on, but that's okay because that 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 makes. I want to hear about this. I want I want to talk about where we're going to butt heads on. Well, I don't know yet. We'll have to <laughs> we have to just go through until we find one. You know, we may agree uh, on okay. everything, but I'm not sure what we might butt heads on. You know, I I believe in chemtrails. I don't know how you feel about them. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, see, we may not butt heads at all. It's it's, it's, it's uh, gun control. You okay with people take uh, with people having guns? Um, I don't believe there is any such thing as an illegal gun. Okay, see, you're good. I'm not even going to worry about it then. Uh, the thing I brought you on tonight to talk about mainly, uh, and the, the reason I reached out to you is the whole Oregon uh, militia, BLM uh, issue going on that we're seeing and we've been seeing for a while. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that this is not an issue of just the past two or three years. This is a 20, 30-year issue that's been slowly yeah. developing. Um, so what, what grabbed my attention, and let's start here. This is where I want to start with it. I, uh, as a conspiracy theorist, usually you would expect me to jump right on board and, and believe everything that the patriots out there are saying. My biggest concern, my biggest concern right now at this time is, is we see Obama coming back from vacation with his plan to, to, to take guns, with his plan to change gun laws. And then at the same time, as they're starting to talk about that, we see this go on over here in Oregon. Now, yeah. I, I initially want to stand behind it. I mean, there are definitely issues that we see. We can go to Agenda 21 with this if we want to. But, yep. but this particular issue, this thing going on right here, just seems slightly contrived to me. <clears throat> well, um you know, it's, it's, it's such a complex issue, right? So I've been listening, uh, and look, I have to, I just want to say up front that I have not paid very much attention to this. Um, I was kind of, uh, an arm's length supporter of the Bundys when they originally started having their issue uh, a couple months ago, uh, or was that last year already? Uh, yeah, it was, it was a while ago. It was, I think it was 14. Was it 14? I think wow. it was 14, yeah. Well, 
But I did not heavily research. I did not really pay much attention to exactly what was happening. Uh, same can be said now. I just yesterday, I kind of saw a lot of this stuff happening and I took a few hours and I just did some research. Not very deep. So my initial... Which is about the level I'm at, so you know also. I, I haven't dove too much into it, but I've been paying <clears throat> attention. So your initial thoughts. So my, my initial thought is this. Um, I think that there is an absolute legit issue here. I think that the feds are absolutely, over the past you know, probably more than 30 or 40 years, have been pushing ahead with, even if it wasn't, Consciously, Agenda 21, it is an Agenda 21 um, <clears throat> parody agenda, I guess. I mean, I, I guess it's kind of redundant, but um, <laughs> how about, how about this? this? Well, let's call it an Agenda 21 parody. Sure. So <laughs> <laughs> and and for the, for your listeners who I'm sure they probably are, are well versed in Agenda 21, but um a couple of years ago, maybe it's going on seven or eight years ago at this point, um, at a We Are Change meeting in New York City, we ha- were having an interesting discussion about Agenda 21, and we ha- we're looking at Agenda 21 maps. Coincidentally, and what we ended up doing was overlaying fracking maps with the Agenda 21 maps. No, there couldn't be no connection there. Well, the interesting thing is that all of the fracking hotspots, all of the places that are ripe for fracking with a lot of natural gas resources coincided with the Agenda 21 proposed no human zones. So in other words, uh, according to the UN Agenda 21 plan, the same areas that would be ripe for fracking are the areas that the Agenda 21 plan says there should be no humans. We need to allow these areas to rewild. Which are a lot of the areas that you'll see the BLM in. Well, and that takes us fast forward now. Now I'm looking at this issue and saying these are the same exact areas that Agenda 21 wants people out of and are full of natural resources. So now I start to dig a little bit yesterday morning. Uranium, gold, um, natural gas. Uh, I think those were the three big ones. We didn't find any lithium or anything there, right? Because, you know, that's why we're in Afghanistan. We don't have to have a reason to come out of Afghanistan if we have our own lithium here. Uh, well, I, you know you know how that works. We have our own oil here, too, but we still oh. go overseas for oil. So. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so now, back in, back in the day when I had originally overlaid those maps, I said to myself, okay, what I feel like, what I think could be a, could be a uh, a strategy here is frack the shit out of this land until you destroy the environment and now say, this environment's so contaminated, we have to back off, get everybody out, evacuate the area, close it off, no humans are, go back there. And then it's, then it's, then they can rewild over the next, you know, 50 years or, or whatever, however long it takes. So that, that they connects- can use, they can use the destroyed environment mm-hmm. as a way, as a pretext for getting everybody out of the area. So for now your, we for, know. For your safety, of course. For your safety. Right. Right. So, right. For, of course, because it's, government is always concerned about our safety. Yep. So now, over the course of the last, you know, half a century, the feds under, for, under the guise of 
environmental issues, you know, you hear the Bundys talking about the Sierra Club and talking about these environmental groups lobbying against them. So here are the feds coming in. And and what I didn't know, and I have not fact checked this, but from what what I heard and saw in some of the uh, things I was looking at in my research yesterday, apparently uh, the Bundys are the like last holdout for a hundred years that the town that they were living in was basically shut down by the government. And I forget what the pretext was. Uh, and the Bundys were the last holdouts. Right. They had major problems. I mean, they, they, they actually got bombed uh, because there's a test range right near there. And they, I mean, I remember reading all this and, and that that's part of why I have a problem. We're, you know, trying to throw this false flag thought in, in there. You know what I mean? Well, it's very easy because, look, uh, the, the government will come in and co-opt and try to use whatever's happening you know, to their advantage. So here you have ranchers who are systematically and the government over the past 50 years is using environmental regulations, taxes, fees, all the, all the typical kind of low impact ways that they use to control people, right? I mean, at the point where you get to a false flag, that's like people cannot be controlled. We need some, We need shock and awe right. to, to stun them into obedience. Taxation and, and fees and, and all this type of stuff, this is, this is the long game. It's a low impact, very kind of gradual way that they use. So over 50 years, they push back these ranchers. They keep t- chipping at their, at their property, at their land, taking away pieces of it and, and making it parts of wildlife preserves. Chipping away this. at their income. Right. Then again, right. So now they're limiting the amount of cattle that they're allowed to have because, you know, cow farts are destroying the ozone layer or whatever, whatever the Sierra Club says. Um, so now you're only allowed to have X amount of cattle. So now the cattle are not grazing. So now there's, there's brush overgrowing and now lightning strikes and a fire happens and it, and it destroys all this land. So now the Bundy or not the Bundys, the, the Hammonds are trying to, you know, protect their land and their community. So they're, they're trying to do their own controlled brush fires to control. Now this is something the government is supposed to be doing. Right. And well, that's what and, they pay taxes for, I thought. And, and does do. The, the government does set controlled fires to try and keep the brush in, in check and to, to keep from larger forest fires from happening. And we all know this. This is common knowledge. But I, I'm on these, these, you know, reading the comments on these articles from these mainstream media, uh, uh, you know, uh, websites. And all the comments are, oh, you shouldn't burn government land if you don't want to have a problem with the government. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, they're blaming the Hammonds. And it's like, hello, if the feds were doing their jobs, if they were, and I'm sure they they blame it on budget cuts and all this, you know, that's why they couldn't, they didn't have the staff to do the controlled burns and all this nonsense. Well, of course. And so then the Hammonds to protect their homes, their property, their livestock, their communities are doing it themselves. And maybe they accidentally burn government land, or maybe they intentionally were doing the fed's jobs for them to protect themselves, which either way I'm okay with. Um, you know, the, the government says, oh, great. You know, they did our job for us, but at the same time, this is a violation. We've been trying to get them off this land. Here's a great excuse. Let's threaten them with jail time and, and you know, whatever. It'll, it'll, it, maybe it'll scare them away or, or, you know, after they do some time, they'll just move on. You know, if, if they're in jail for five years, their business will fall apart, et cetera. You know, this is a great way 
a little, uh, you know, a, a very kind of, what's the word? You know, uh, they're just using these petty regulations to, to try to intimidate, right? Right. So then I'm, I'm guessing the original judge that was involved who said, you know, the mandatory minimum of five years is ridiculous in this case. They didn't intention, intentionally or maliciously set fires to destroy property. Well, they tried to tie it to terrorism, which goes back to a Bill Clinton initiative or, or bill that was passed years and years and years ago. Saying, well, that's the, that's the second judge. So the first judge says three months is fine. I think the son got maybe a year and the father got three months. Because because it wasn't they, he understood it wasn't malicious. The guy, the judge was probably from the area, understood. Maybe he had a background in ranching, understood the issue and said, look, the, the, the minimum five years doesn't fit the crime. So the government says, well, no, that's not good enough. They go back and they appeal. And now the next judge says, no way that mandatory minimum five years. That's it. Five years. Yeah. So that's where now, that's where a part of the problem arises in my mind, uh, you know, uh, the the government appealing things like that. I mean, they've gotten their, they've got these people. They've said, "Hey, listen, we've got you. You're going to do this time." This is what the judge said. Uh, it just it none of it adds up to me as far as that end of it goes. So, I well, just, so ne- now ahead. I'm now I'm listening to to um, Ian Bundy give his press conference yesterday, and if you listen closely to the questions the reporters are asking him and his answers. What I'm pulling out of it, and I don't know if you saw the press conference. No, I did not. Uh, if, if you haven't, you can go on YouTube and watch it. The impression I got, because the, the reporters are asking, and it's almost like the reporters are trying to instigate some kind of conflict. So they're asking, well, what happens if the police show up? And Eamon just looks at them and says, don't worry, the police aren't coming. So that says to me that the law enforcement in the area probably understands the issue. And they don't want to enforce whatever the feds are going to try and make them enforce. Maybe they're even keeping the feds out, local law enforcement. Well, so I don't that, know. that was my next question, because part of the issue here that I have is I'm not against protesting. I'm not against protesting armed. Uh, honestly, it's no different than that as long as it's legal in that state to be armed like that, then I, OK. And again, legality is a whole nother issue that we could discuss. But at this point in time, we're going to leave it at that. My issue is it's the sheriff of that county's job to protect his citizens. And if this is truly what they're explaining it to be, and the, it's a federal government intrusion, that, that sheriff should be the first line of defense that I don't see being happening there. I don't see, I don't see the, the sheriff going public, um, but maybe behind the scenes he's supportive, and that's why we're not seeing any kind of conflict. And I think this is what's driving liberals mad. So they see that. So now we get all these conflations of, oh, the police are all over the Black Lives Matter protesters. But if it's white protesters, they ignore it. Right. Which Um, helps with the divide. I mean, that was another thing I said earlier on a show I did today is, you know, we have the Black Lives Matter uh, and the white people are pushed to hate them. As far as the race divide goes, they're, they're pushed that they're just a bunch of idiots and they don't know what they're doing and yada, yada, yada. And on the other side of the fence, when we see this militia movement, um, the media is pushing that as a bunch of white racists that just want their guns and, and their, their God and they want to move on. So right. that, that helps with the divide between both sides a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. It's very useful. It's very useful for that. And I think it's a very complex issue. Being the fact that I'm a police accountability activist in New York City, I am absolutely 100% supportive of Black Lives Matter. 
And I think that there, you know, we could go down that rabbit hole. Are there infiltrators and government provocateurs involved there? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Right. Which is something uh, I'm worried about here. I mean, let's, let's historically look at things. You know, let's go to the sixties real fast. Cause my father and I were watching the, the history thing on the sixties that CNN did. And, uh, they were talking about, the, the growth of the hippies and the free lives movement and, you know, how everybody helped each other and Woodstock was amazing. And then right after Woodstock, there was a concert in, uh, California. I can't, rem- the Freedom Festival or some kind of a festival in California where they used the, the, uh, Hell's Angels as security who they ended up beating and killing a b- bunch of people, uh, which we know through historical events, you know, that's, that's a big infiltrated group. So sure. who's to say it wasn't federal agents that caused all that issue to destroy the whole hippie movement? So is that what we're seeing here? Are we going to have infiltrators? I don't know. I mean, I well, of course. I shouldn't say I don't know. Of course. As a matter of fact, from what I understand, there was already a known infiltrator from our movement who was on the ground. Although from what I hear, he's been chased off off the scene. Uh, I don't know. I, I hesitate to if I should use his name or not. But I don't care. So if you want to use it, go ahead. But that's up to you. Well, well, I mean, I don't have a lot of I I just saw a little bit yesterday, but I always I was on his show a couple of years ago. And uh, Pete Santilli is who I'm talking about. I was on his show a few years ago. I believe it was in 2010 when I ran for office. Um, And, you know, I don't remember exactly what he said, something about uh, armed insurrection against the government. And at that moment, I said to myself, this guy is a provocateur. Mm. And then, you know, now, you know, a couple months ago, he said Hillary Clinton should be shot in her vagina and all this other stuff that, you know, uh, apparently, though, there were there were some leaked, I don't know, if anonymous or somebody got a hold of some correspondence between him and his FBI handler where he outright said, my I'm being compromised and I need the FBI to protect me. Mm. See, these are the things you got to really question yourself because it's not. I remember Hal Turner. You know, there's so many people that, sure. that have been uh, what you believe to be uh, people you should trust. Even not to bring up the name again, but Alex Jones. You know, sure. I, I used to love the guy. I used to follow him. You know, blindly. And the past three years, I just really have stayed away from him in general, unless what he's putting out is you know really I can tell is good. Yeah. Um- I wouldn't go so far as to say I think Alex is a provocateur. I think he's an asshole for sure. He's uh, a businessman. He wants. He's a businessman. He wants to make money. Is what it's come down to I, at this point. You know, honestly, his whole thing—and not to get too far, far off topic—his whole support of Trump—it's—it uh, it was surprising, even for even for me. Yeah. I think Alex is just kind of stuck in his kind of. I don't know, Teocon. He's in this like Teocon, like Tea Party <laughs> Neocon area. And Teocon, just... that is a great. Did you just make that up, Teocon? No, no, no. Okay, no. I, this guy, I, I never heard that. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of stuck in that libertarian esque, not quite a libertarian. Uh, he's definitely still pro government for certain in certain areas. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, do I think there are probably undercover feds? Absolutely, because I've I've seen undercover feds at every protest I've ever been at. So why why wouldn't there be at this? Well, and you- do I think Eamon Bundy is a is a provocateur? No, uh, and again, that's just my opinion. It's uh, it's my gut from from listening to him and really paying very close attention to his his mannerisms and how he answered questions and it i now i will say that they are holding back information 
Who, they who, are what, not, side, what side are you saying is holding back? Oh, well, of course we know the government side is holding back information. I think the Bundys are playing their, uh, you know, their cards close to their chest. So I'm not sure why that is, if that's to hide something, you know, for malicious reasons or, or greedy, selfish reasons. Maybe he knows there's uranium in them hills and he wants to profit from it. I don't know. I mean, that could all be part of it. But if it's their land, then they have every right to profit from the resources on their land. And if the government has been systematically – and it's not just the Hammonds and the Bundys that are being stolen from. It's, it's groups of – you know, these are, these are, are – you know, I don't know how many, but there are many ranchers. It's a ranching community. Well, think how many ranchers have already been, been eliminated over the past 20 and 30 years. Right, right. Well, I, absolutely. And then, then they come in with the subsidies. We're going to pay you not to produce as right. if that's what the ranchers want. So I heard, I heard a lot of the libtards screaming about that. They're taking subsidies. No, the government's forcing them to take subsidies. Well, don't you think they'd rather produce product and get paid for that product than take a subsidy? You would think. Like, uh, they're going to make a lot more money from product than from subsidy. <laughs> right, exactly. And they're going to do <laughs> but, less harm to everybody else. And i got to say, Jack Blood just called me out. Um, he said that he's been using the term Teocon for years now. He's like, I, oh, yeah. yeah I've, heard the, I've heard that phrase. I certainly am not going to claim any credit for, for coining it. Um, <laughs> So anyway, go ahead. Uh, we got about two minutes or so before I got to wrap up to, for uh, Ledge to line up. So let's touch the last. Well, yeah, let's touch the last important parts here, and we're going to do this again because I think we got a lot to talk about. Absolutely, absolutely. Anytime. Um, yeah. So, so I think that these are real solid uh, issues here. Of course, the Feds are going to try and co-opt whatever legitimate issue is and use it to their benefit. And absolutely, you know, Obama's crying on television today that that scumbag piece of shit that he is shedding tears about gun control. He didn't shed any tears when he bombed that hospital last month. So fuck him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. Is he going to use this? Sure. Uh, Especially the- with all the liberals screaming, Oh my God, armed terrorists. <laughs> are, are they insurgents or are they just moderate rebels? I mean, we can't, we arm moderate rebels. Maybe we should arm them some more. Cause that's what we do in Syria. <laughs> well, you know, I was watching an interview with one of the women that's there, uh, a couple, uh, a rancher couple that's there at the at the compound or whatever you want to call it, the the visitor center or whatever they took over, and she was saying, "Yeah, of course we're armed. We're always armed. Guns with us. Right, it's we're not ranchers. that this, it's not that this was an armed insurrection where we stormed the gates and and you know it's just we always have our guns with us just because we're armed." And I had heard another reporter who they allowed in who was in there, and he said the only gun I saw was one gun on one guy's hip in a holster. So it's not like you know they're stockpiling ammunition, but that's what the media, uh, especially the, the liberal media, but certainly the mainstream media in general, wants the general public to believe. These are they, they, that's why they use the term militia because it sounds scary. You think of Timothy McVeigh, and so that's what they, they want you to envision. And I've actually heard Timothy McVeigh's name, you know, um, invoked in this whole I have discussion. not I have not heard Ruby Ridge or Waco for years except yeah. for except for with me or, or other people like us but all of a sudden the mainstream media is talking about Ruby Ridge and Waco left and right so right. you know right. it's definitely bringing up some points that need to be brought up uh, Danny where can people find you best way to get in touch with you uh, things like that does pot cure cancer dot com uh, is the, my main website right now at this point um, but you can find me at on Facebook, Danny Panzella, and uh, you can send me a message that way as well. Or does pot cure cancer at gmail.com. And Twitter also at Danny Panzella also. 
Everything is Danny Panzella, so you yeah. could just Google that and get me. You can find a thousand ways to get in touch with me. The easiest way to find somebody is just Google their name, and you'll find them real quick. Danny, it's been a pleasure, man. I really enjoyed interviewing you. Please, let's do this again when your movie's ready. Let me know. We'll definitely get it, you know, promoted, and I'll do anything I can to help you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, brother. You have a great night. You too. Take care. Peace. There goes Danny, guys. I, you know, I, I love having new guests on. I love interviewing people. It just it excites me. It makes me think about different things. It makes me look at things differently. It, it, it allows me to really, really open myself. You guys have been listening to the first 52, RazRadioLive.com, RadioFreeBlood.com, RadioChaos.com. You guys be safe. Love the people around you. And just remain a human being. I love you. Peace out, guys. Let's investigate the consequence of a bittersweet loss of sense, a weapon in a war against ourselves. The setting sun is loading guns, don't be afraid of mistakes, emotions misplaced, to love or to hate. I don't know what to do, we're all lost and confused, just trying to get through in this world, always trying to prove that we're worth what it takes, but it takes a long time in the dirt to see grace, but I'm trying to be real, they tend to be fake, when I'm risking it all. With no time to waste Fuck this bad race I'm leaving this place It's time to blast off Destination space With the sunset hung behind us And the universe to blind us From the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free, unguided through the beautiful, the silent with the light show from a passing UFO, lost in the glow of the unknown. Please don't go. And I. Home. But right from day one, I've been in this alone With arms stacked against, I've been drowning in stress They said, can you take more? I said, give me what's left An old man once told me, Ali, don't have a love back Keep your eyes on that prize and give them hell to your death This is a test, just a frequency check For intelligent life, now's time to connect it's an SOS, the death's been sent So now we just wait and hope for the best With the sunset hung behind us And the universe to blind us from the moon We'll watch the whole world explode Moving free, unguided through the beautiful The silent with the light show from a passing UFO
guys so much thanks the first 52 is the bump diggity